Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on? I sounded like uh, Harry Carey there from uh, Will Ferrell, how he does. What's up, everybody? So my wife, Jenna, is here joining me. She's going to play a little game with us. Want to play a game? That was uh, Saw. We love horror movies, don't we? Love horror movies. Yes, we do. Speak and say something, please. The people all over the world like to hear you. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? I am on Dapper Dividends. Yep. I'm on mic, on air. Hey, and speaking of Dapper Dividends, go to DapperDividends.com and check out all the portfolios and fun stuff we got going on there. I'm uploading articles and all kinds of shenanigans and fun stuff. So we revamped it. Uh, you'll get hit with an ad. So we're bringing in more money, more money. Hit them with a turnstile, more money. That's a Jerky Boys reference. Not many people are going to get. Uh, Sal's turnstile from the Jerky Boys. You know what? I'll find that and I'll link it in the uh, in the description below. So really quickly, Consumer Price Index came out today, this morning. This is, what day is today? Today is... Wednesday, the, January 12th. It's the 12th of January. So the consumer price index, that's basically a basket of goods that the government here in the old US of A uses to track the uh, track what we're paying for stuff. So it rose 7% from last November, which was the most, that was the biggest month over month rise since June of 1982. I was fresh out of diapers in 1982. You remember 1982? I do. I got my first tricycle in 1982. 82. That was the year before I went to kindergarten. I'm an old person now. That's nah, only in your mind. Anyway, so uh, the last two spikes, and you, if you want to read this article, the one I got this info from, there's a link below from CNBC, and they have a infographic that shows that the last two times that inflation went from below to over 5%, it resulted in recessions in 1990 and 2008. So as a dividend growth investor, I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm hoping for a recession because uh, cheaper prices all around. Um, we were buying Caterpillar for our daughter. Uh, when Caterpillar was down, my wife keeps saying, buy more, right? Yeah, well, it was on sale. It's still not bad. So when the market pulls back, great opportunity. So we're up over 7% now, just over 7%. So it's shot up from below 5 to over 5 So, hey, could be, you know, past performance is not indicative of future results. So uh, we'll see what happens. But interestingly, used vehicles are up 37.3% year over year so from this time last year. We know it's because of the chip shortage and used vehicles have gone through the roof. So also, I think it's the supply chain strain and labor shortages that are helping to add to this inflation pressure. It doesn't help when our U.S. government here is printing more money than they've ever printed before, people are going to start spending it. And I think when people start spending it, that's when the inflation really starts to take hold. So they're probably going to raise rates, try and tamp that down, get people saving. And uh, the Fed is tightening up their balance sheet. Uh, so this is the fun part. What I brought my wife on for is that food is up 6.3% year over year, which is the biggest rise since October of 2008. That is the year that my daughter was born. So she was born in December 08. So uh, yeah, 
food got expensive just before that kid came out. And <laughs> so is food expensive? Have you noticed any prices? I don't do the shopping. My wife does. Yes. Everything is quite expensive compared to how it used to be. Just talk over me. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> so here, we're going to guess four things. I haven't, I don't know. I didn't look these up. I haven't done grocery shopping in forever. So we usually shop at Aldi. That's a little bit of a, of a money saving hack. If you have that, I know they're from Germany and I know we have a couple listeners in German. Yeah. We shop at Aldi and sometimes we shop at Walmart because we do know that Walmart pays dividends. So we do go there. Occasionally I'll go to Jewel, but it's very expensive to go to Jewel. Jewel, especially now. Jewel pays dividends too. That's Albertsons, ticker ACI, Walmart, ticker AT&T. I should buy more AT&T. I think I'm going to do a video on AT&T soon. I get a lot of hits when I do AT&T stuff. Anyway, so without further ado, a gallon of milk. I think a gallon of milk is about a dollar seventy. Wait, sorry to interrupt you. Do you remember the? I believe it was Sesame Street when the girl had to remember her grocery stores going to school or going to the store for her parents, and she had to remember a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, and a stick of butter. And the whole way she walked there, she'd say, "A gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, and a stick of butter. A gallon of milk, a loaf of bread." And a stick of butter. And she repeated over and over again until she got to the store in hopes that she would remember a gallon of milk, a Joe loaf of Dirt bread, DVD. and a stick of butter. That was Family Guy. Uh, they had they Family Guy made fun of that. And they did. Uh, Peter was trying to remember. And, he's, and then he gets to the store and he's, I don't know, Joe Dirt DVD was in there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think, what is a gallon of milk? Um, if you go to Aldi yesterday, the gallon of milk was two dollars and fifteen cents. That was pretty close, a buck seventy-six. Which is actually really cheap because at Walmart it's closer to three dollars. It's two eighty-six. There's that hack, Aldi hack. Go to Aldi if you want to save some money. Oh, by the way, that'll tie into what's later. I'm gonna do the 10 habits of millionaires, financial habits that we're gonna get into. So loaf of bread, I have it at a dollar twenty-five. How well, close? Now at Aldi, they do have those um, bags that seriously just say bread on them, and those are about seventy-eight cents. However, the nice. bread that I buy for you, which doesn't have the uh, bleached flour in it and no sugar added is $3.99 for a loaf. Oh my God. Is that stuff really that bad for you? Yeah. No, <clears throat> but $3.99 versus 75 cents. There's a difference. People on the internet say it's bad for you. So I guess I can splurge that ties into millionaires. They eat healthy. They, they try to be healthier and they, they, uh, they spend a little bit more on good food. So I was off on that one, depending. <clears throat> All right, dozen eggs I got is three bucks for a dozen eggs. No, if you go to Aldi on a good day, they're about 89 cents. But, <laughs> so you way were off. way off on that one. But yesterday I went and they were $1.19. So you're still way off at $3. You could do the Aldi podcast. I can. <clears throat> uh, what else? And then last one, I got a pound of butter, a pound of butter. I put two dollars and twenty five cents on a pound of butter. You're way off. At Jewel, it's almost four dollars. Oh and but I should it, go on the prices, right? But at Aldi, it's about three bucks. 
Yeah. So Aldi, okay, way off. So food, is it seem like it's more expensive than it was last year? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Well, Especially it, if you so. want to buy meat. Well, I guess they're right. They said food's gone up 6.3% year over year. So, hey, that's uh, that's interesting. All right, well, you're going to stay. You got stuff to do. I'm going to go through the 10 habits of uh, millionaires here. Which we will be. Yeah, we're on the way. Put it this way. We are closer to a million than to zero without revealing what we, without our financial uh, information there, everybody. Goodbye to my wife. There she goes. And now it's just us. Oh, yeah. Me and my 98% of males or whatever here, I'm fiddling with the microphone. See, I'm so cheap. We only got one microphone. We'll see how that sounds, everyone. Okay, so if you want, click the article in the link below. It was also a CNBC article as well. So a certified financial planner revealed the 10 habits of his millionaire clients and I thought this was really interesting. Now, there's a ton of these, and everyone has something a little bit different. But this one I thought was pretty cool. So we'll run through these kind of quick. If you want to read a little more in-depth, click the link in the description below. Be low, not blow, below. <laughs> Number one, they avoid debt. The only debt they like to keep are their mortgages. They have no consumer credit or car loans. And they only charge what they can pay off in full each month. This is what we do for our credit card rewards. We want to stack those rewards. Why not? We don't want to leave money on the table. So, hey, if we can get money. So I know I've said it before. We treat our credit card like it is part of our checking account. And I, well, it's my habit. I pay it off every day. But if you can pay it off before the end of the month when they hit you with interest, you might as well do it. Don't charge stuff you can't afford and collect those free reward points, whether it's cash back. We use the Amex Hilton because we love staying in hotels and traveling. So every year we probably get about a good six to seven free hotel stays, which really helps and we enjoy ourselves. <clears throat> number two, number two is they buy their cars and plan to keep them long term. Now this is because cars depreciate in value quickly. So they will buy for the long haul, which is also what we do. Our car is from 2011. We've had it for, I think, four years now. And I plan on running it into the ground. I don't really care. I know other people are particular on their cars, but to us, as to me, I say it's an appliance that gets us from point A to point B. Don't really care what people think, but it's a 2011 GMC Acadia Denali. It's nice. Uh, it's a top end from 2011. <laughs> no Bluetooth though. So, hey, uh, but also, um, and if you do have to finance, they say to pay it off as quickly as possible. Number three, numero tres. Number three, they have emergency funds. Check again, we have emergency funds. So this helps uh, to avoid charging unexpected expenses or taking out a personal loan when life happens because we don't know what's going to happen. We have no clue. So most of the self-made millionaires like to have six to nine months. Months? Jeez. They like to have six to nine months of monthly expenses set, a, set aside. 
I don't think that sounds right. Six to nine months of monthly expenses set aside. Okay, we'll roll with it. And any amount they say will help to get you started because even if you've got 500 bucks, that's going to help not have to put that onto a personal loan or charge that. So anything, and I like to say, I heard a quote once, is that we're not trying to gain interest on these. Like, yeah, I we have our emergency fund at Yada. And Yada, actually, here we go. I'll put another link. God, I hope I remember all these links. To... Uh, Oh God, I already forgot the, I'm going to have to listen back to this. So uh, Yada, as I'm just seeing the notification, you get seven numbers. So for every $25, you get a ticket. And at the end of the week, those numbers come in. And if they match, you win money. It's a no loss lottery system, which means that if they were going to pay out, say, I don't know, 3% in interest, they're paying us like 0.76 and the rest of that they're keeping for the pool, which you can win. So it's a bit of a risk. They are FDIC insured. And I think if you use my code, I'll get something and you'll get something. So if you're interested, click the link, take a look at Yada. That's where we have our emergency funds. Uh, number four, they invest. Duh. This is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, after they build up their emergency fund, they have their organized investment plans, which is like stocks, bonds, ETFs, and they try to make it automated because you don't have to think about it. And it's basically like that book I love called The Richest Man in Babylon, where the whole theme is pay yourself first. So you can pay yourself first, make it automated. And most millionaires that are self-made save about 20%. And that's a combination of savings, emergency fund, their retirement, and their investments. And right now, we do 25% into our uh, our 401k. Where is it? Not? No, it's a 401k. Uh, into our 401k, and we do that. Uh, that's pre-tax money that's going in uh, 25%. So we manage to live and we live on what comes in after that 25%. We don't even see it. It's gone. So whatever hits the checking account after that, that's what I, then I invest in our savings account, uh, meaning our emergency fund. Uh, that's what I put into the Roth. And so even then we chop out more of that, that we save. So we have, we save quite a bit and I, I should figure it out, but it's probably about I would think at least maybe 35, 40%. It could be higher. Number five, they take advantage of everything their employer has to offer. So whether that's an employer retirement match, life or disability insurance, health savings account, employer legal services, employee stock purchase plans, you name it, whatever your employer is offering, take advantage of that. Like ours is a profit sharing plan. So we do, we get a, a retirement match. So I obviously I'm free and clear and hitting that match. I'm maxing it out. So look into everything that your employer has to offer and see if you can take advantage of one of those uh, items. Number six, they don't try to keep up with the Joneses. And this is another big one that I firmly believe in. And I've tried to explain it to my daughters because they'll see people with nicer things. And as the article said, uh, it's living beyond your means, constantly upgrading, trying to 
you know, when your neighbor gets a brand new car or they get a brand new TV, whatever it is, you want it to. And it's natural and normal to want to emulate and and do what other people are doing. But you have to just think if it's right for you and if you can afford it and if you really need it. And what I like to tell the kids, my daughters, is that, you know, when we see somebody with something big and fancy, you know, they just put an in-ground pool in their house we can see what they spent money on, but we don't know what their bank account, what their financial statements, what their retirement account. We don't know what any of that looks like. So we don't have access to their financial statements, only to what we can see that they spent money on. So we don't know if they're spending 99% of their income on all this stuff that's nice and fancy. So focus on yourself. We know what our financial situation is. And that is all that truly matters. And the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize that as well, that, you know, it's it's just you and, and the ones around you that you love that truly, truly matter. And, you know, for most part, if anybody won't be friends with you because of some material possessions, fuck them. Get out of here. Come on. You don't, uh, that's not a friend. So there you go. Hello, America and the world. <laughs> Number seven, they utilize tax deductions. The self-made millionaires minimize taxes that they pay, whether that's tax savings in their retirement plans, home mortgage interest, charitable contributions, college funding, HSAs, anywhere that they can minimize taxes. Warren Buffett does it. All Everybody does that. You should be trying to as well. The government, I don't think is charity. We give money to charity. And, you know, it's just, the. I understand it's a necessary evil. The government needs money. But we automate our charitable contributions, by the way, as well. So that makes things easy. So, you know, talk to a, a tax planner. Talk to somebody that can handle those things and see if you're utilizing all the tax deductions. I think we are, but that's maybe something we could uh, get into a little bit more. <clears throat> Number ocho, numero ocho, the self-made millionaires, they look for other income streams. They get passive income from things like rental income, royalties, obviously dividends, side hustles uh, or hobbies. This is what this is now. I'm not getting paid any money from the podcast currently. The hobby, obviously, for me, hobby, hobby, is dividends. I love dividends. I love thinking about dividends, reading about dividends, talking about dividends. And I saw people on YouTube doing it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about dividends, too, and maybe make a few bucks in the process. So that's what uh, that is a hobby of mine. So now I have the website that is bringing in revenue and the YouTube channel. Now it's not a lot, but it is something and it is a stream of income on top of dividends and my uh, everything that's not my job. Uh, I heard a really cool saying once that said, having one stream of income for you is just as risky as a business having only one customer. Now imagine that your one customer leaves, takes their business elsewhere, you're screwed. So try to develop as many income streams as you can. And you can go to Google passive income streams or just anything else to bring extra money in. Uh, number nine, they start saving for their kids' college early on. 
Now, starting saving for college early allows for a saving a significant amount of money in the future. Uh, let me start this over. <laughs> starting early allows for saving a significant amount of money in future cash flow and tax savings, as well as less financial burden later on. And we've done this. I know I've told this story that when we found out my we were pregnant with my daughter, Ivy, I began I that day I put $50 I went to the bank got $50 and put it in my top drawer I did this for about a year till I had just a stack of cash and again I was only 29 so I didn't know better but I had I had a stack of $50 bills I did it every week and I it ended up with quite a bit of money so I ended up looking into it and finding out the 529 and I'll tell you what it I'm surprised at how much I'm jealous how big that thing has gotten so good for them and yeah so if you have kids and you have the option if you're here in the United States I don't know about the country you're in but you're <laughs> you're in gross the one that you are currently residing inside of check to see if there's any kind of college savings plan with the government or with whoever. You got the internet. Come on, Google. And number 10, they seek advice. They have a habit of being well-informed about their money. Uh, a lot of millionaires that are self-made, interestingly, read the Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal. But the number one was the Financial Times. Uh, you know, there's this podcast, there's podcasts, blogs, YouTube. I mean, there's just a plethora of information in this day and age. You really have to try to not find that information. And you could just, I, anywhere from accountants to CPAs to certified fiduciaries, there's just obviously Google it. You can get go down a rabbit hole, which is, is what I've done. Um, the fire community, one I love is ChooseFI. ChooseFI is a fantastic uh, fantastic podcast that I truly enjoy listening to. And for me, you know, the rule of thumb is you don't need a guru. You just need someone that's ahead of you. And that could be a little bit ahead of you. So always look for those people that are ahead of you going in the direction that you want to go. And that's the best place to start. So I, man, you know, this was fun. I enjoyed this. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78. Let me know what you thought of my wife, Jenna, on there. Maybe I can have her back, do some different things. She could do the Aldi minute. Tell everybody what's trending at Aldi, what the good deals are. Because, man, I don't shop. I don't shop for clothes. I don't shop for food. I shop for stocks. That's what I do. That's my job. I'm the stock shopper. Hey, that sounds like something interesting. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So, or you could send me an email, drop me a line, uh, Russ at dapperdividends.com. And damn, man, I'm going to have to listen. Usually I don't listen to these. Uh, it's coming to the end here and I'll just publish the darn thing. But I'm trying to remember the things that uh, I said I was going to link to. Anyway, I'll just throw a whole bunch of stuff on there and uh, let me know if I mentioned it and, and I didn't link it. Because it's almost my TV time. Oh, by the way, by the way, most millionaires, they don't watch more than an hour of TV a day. This I love to hear because I do all my stuff throughout the day. But unless something crazy is going on, 
my wife and I religiously from about 9.15 p.m. to 10, 10.15. So for about an hour before I go to bed, have a cocktail and watch one of our television shows just to kind of unwind and decompress. But I loved hearing that because that's what we do. We do not watch more than an hour of television a day. And that includes your phone. Your phone is like a little tinny, 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 tiny TV in your pocket. And you can get sucked in watching that thing. So at least if you're watching videos on that, just try to have them be productive, which is what I do, trying to have that information just pouring into my brain. You know, I'm probably going to have really bad tinnitus, but I'll be a millionaire, multimillionaire with tinnitus, tinnitus in your ear, the ringing. Um, You know, going back to my Navy days, I really should have took better care of my hearing. And there's always ringing in my ears. So I'm hoping one day they have a cure for that. You can put some little, I don't know, they'll be able to put the nanobots in there. Dude, nanobots. Nanobots is going to be the the shit. I'll say it. So if you don't know, nanobots are going to be like little robots that um, surgeons might be able to control. Crazy stuff. They can inject them into your bloodstream and they can just drive them around like little submersibles, little uh, robots and fix things without cutting you open. And then I guess you just poop them out or something. I don't know. Sounds expensive. I don't know. They retract them. But hey, that's, you know, that's for people in the future to, to figure out, which is exciting. I'm rambling on. The future is great. It's bright. We don't know what's going to happen, which is what makes life so interesting every day to get out of bed. And that is another thing. These are off the top of my head now that millionaires do is they get out of bed early. They rarely stay in bed past, I think it said like 6 a.m. That's what we do. I My alarm clock set at 6 in the morning. I wake up and I look at StockTwits. I love the StockTwits app. It's just pure degeneracy on there. It's it's really like a bunch of children that got a hold of a phone. And and so it's 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 like Twitter, but just for stocks. So if you haven't, check out stock twits. Kind of funny. You can always get a good laugh. But I have all these, you know, probably 100 stocks in there. And I get to look right in the morning and see what's trending up or down in pre-market before the market opens. That's the first thing I do. And then I look at news and then I get out of bed. So, uh, but yeah, stock twits is cool. And I'm always trying to learn new things and Lists are another thing that I read once that millionaires do. There's a book by John Taffer, who was the host of Bar Rescue. He had a really good book. And the main thing I remember from that is every day you need to prioritize what you want to do in that day. Not So basically you're chunking it back. What's your goal for a year? And then chunk that back to six months to every month. And then what's every week? And then every day. So what is the main thing that you need to accomplish is what that was. And he calls it pushing balls forward. What balls are the most important? You need to have two or three of them every day that you focus on pushing those balls. And the other ones don't matter as much. And, you know, for me, it's kind of been the YouTube channel and now the website and the podcast. So I enjoy it. I put in a, a good amount of work and, you know, I, I've sacrificed some family time. They all know it. They're all supportive of me, which is great. 
but I'm building a foundation. I'm trying to talk about something I love, monetize a hobby. I heard somebody say once, if you don't know where to start, find something you love. What is something you love? Whether it's model trains, whether it's, I was going to say sniffing glue, but it's not a hobby. That's an addiction. So we'll forget that one, but baseball cards, what you like to open up baseball cards? Well, there's places that are online. People buy boxes, they open up the cards, they auction off different teams or players and whatever comes out. It's a whole thing. You can monetize a hobby. I have been passionate about investing and dividends and I was looking at them all day anyway and talking to people on Twitter. So why not? I thought, start all this, ramble on. I will get out of here, let you guys go. And uh, yeah, let me know what you thought of this and I'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) 